We serve a God who has conquered it all. I don't know what you're facing today, but I know God has already won the victory. And I believe God wants to speak encouragement to your heart today. Maybe you've gone through a week where you've sort of been beat up and things haven't gone the way you wanted it to, and you've been facing a lot of stress and struggles and problems. I just want you to know you have a champion who is for you. He is for you. And he's got a word for you today, an encouraging word to build you up, a challenging word to put you on a new path as we follow our champion. So let's pray. Dear God, we need a champion. Lord, I know that there's so many ups and downs in this life, in this broken world, and we all experience heartaches and hurts and and just the everyday stresses and struggles of life, Lord, can just wear on us. So I just thank you that we have a place that we can come and we can connect to, where we can get encouragement from each other, and we can be built up, Lord, instead of torn down. And I thank you for your word that builds us up and changes our lives and, Lord, goes right to the core of our hearts. And you know what's going on in everyone's heart, whether they're worshiping with us online or whether they're right here at the Woodlands campus or at our Atascacita campus or worshiping through our broadcast ministry. You know what's going on in their hearts You look right past the outside and the facade and you see into our hearts. You know our deepest hurts and you can heal them. So I pray today, champion God, that you would just give us your victory. And I pray for those who may have been wandering away from you, Lord, that you'd bring them home today. This would be their day to come home. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You can be seated. Recently, our kids and all our grandchildren were coming back from a trip, and when the plane landed at Bush Intercontinental Airport, our grandkids, who'd been really excited to go on the plane ride, were now way over it. And all the problems started when the plane had to wait on the tarmac while the gate cleared. And the wait became longer and longer, and unfortunately for the rest of the passengers, all of our grandchildren were done with the waiting. And here's what happened next. Just watch. I have to say, every one of those were my grandkids crying. Even the older ones who weren't upset at all felt like they had to join in. One guy next to Josh asked, do you guys have a connecting flight? And Josh said, oh oh, no, we all live in Houston. The guy just said, thank God. And the whole plane cheered. Our daughter-in-law, Kelly, said, I've never seen so many people videoing our family. And I'm sure some of those went viral. (laughs) Hey, kids hate to wait. But we as adults don't do much better, do we? We hate to wait. When it comes to waiting on anything, we grumble, we gripe, we complain. And then we really hate to wait on God. We're waiting on God to come through and we're waiting, we're waiting, and nothing is happening, and it feels like God has left the building and left us in the waiting room of life all alone. It's during the delays of life we begin to doubt God. We begin to doubt that God really cares about us. We begin to think God is never going to come through. And some of you right now are in that delay stage. 
You're in the middle of the mess and all you can see is the mess. And you're wondering, will I ever be in a different place? Will I ever get through this? Will I ever experience joy again? Hey, it's critical that you understand delays are part of God's process for us. It's one of the ways God builds our faith and our character. Delays can't destroy God's purpose for you. In fact, they're part of God's purpose for you. Delays don't have to steal your joy, they can build your joy. And we're concluding this joy challenge that we've been in and where we're learning to practice choosing joy. That's something we need to keep learning. We're finishing up the series, but we're just getting started with learning how to practice choosing joy no matter what. Whether we feel like it or not, whether we see our circumstances change or not, because joy is not dependent on our feelings, it starts with a choice. It's a focus, not a feeling. It's in the delays of life, when I'm waiting on joy, that it's even more important to choose joy no matter what. So I want you to open your Bibles to Psalm chapter 30. And would you stand in honor of God's word? We're gonna look at David again, what David did during the delays that he went through. We looked at what David did during the changes, those winds of change last week, but what did he do in the waiting rooms of life? Psalm 30, one through five. I will exalt you, Lord, for you rescued me. You refused to let my enemies triumph over me. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you restored my health. You brought me up from the grave, O Lord. You kept me from falling into the pit of death. Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Praise his holy name, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. You can be seated. David says, when I was going through the most difficult delay of my life, there were a lot of desperate tears shed. I went through the dark night of waiting, and it was a night that I thought would never end. It felt like the darkness had become my destiny. It felt like the light had gone out of my life. It felt like my life was over, but then God said, it's not over yet. Your darkest night of delay can't stop the sun from rising. Midnight can't stop the morning from coming. The weeping may last the night, but joy comes with the morning. And there's no delay that can destroy God's purpose for you. And some of you today are in the middle of your darkest night of delay. And it feels like the darkness has become your destiny. And you think your dream is done. You feel like your purpose has died during the delay. And it feels like it's all over. God says to you today, it's not over yet. I want you to know it's not the end, it's just the in between. It's not over yet, the darkness isn't your destiny. There may be a lot of tears shed, there may be a lot of prayers prayed in the waiting, but there is no midnight that can stop the morning light. The morning of joy is coming. In the waiting, just remember that morning of joy is on its way. Like the great theologian Yogi Berra once said, it ain't over till it's over. And every Astros fan was reminded of that this week in the first playoff game this year. As we trailed the Mariners seven to five with two outs in the bottom of the ninth and it felt like it was all over. Then Jordan Alvarez hit the three run walk off home run. Then it was over. 
And I'm sorry if you're a Mariners fan. I, I really even felt sorry for them. You know, it's just tough. Pastor Chris Van Houten from Seattle. I'm just, feel bad for you. Feel bad for you. You got good coffee there, though. That's great. Hey, someone gave me tickets to the game. And if you feel led of the Lord to give me some tickets to the American League Championship Series, I mean, you follow God's heart. You obey the Lord. Someone gave me tickets to the game uh, Tuesday, and I had to prepare to teach the men's Bible study. And as your pastor, I am so spiritual that I turn those tickets over to Pastor Mark Miller, our campus and student pastor, and said, Mark, I've got to do the spiritual work of God. You go to the game. And so I studied for the men's Bible study. I prayed and I fasted while Mark was having fun at the game. And he took his son, Max, while I stayed at the office. And I want you to know, though, they believed. They didn't leave early. Uh, They were hoping for a historic moment, and that's what they got. And I thought, how sad for those Astros fans who got tired of waiting because they thought it was over and they left early. They missed the joy. And then Pastor Mark sent me this video of he and his son, Max, celebrating the victory. Just watch. Now that is sheer joy. And the Astros fans who gave up and left did so because they thought it was all over. But it wasn't over until Jordan Alvarez's bat said it was. Now, in the waiting room of life, we give up and leave before the blessing because we believe the lie that it's all over. But the God of the universe says, it's not over yet because I'm not finished with you yet. It may look like the dream is dead, but God says, it's not over yet because I'm not finished with you yet. It may look like you'll never overcome that problem, that the walls are closing in, there's no way out, and you feel like it's all over, but God says, it's not over yet because I'm not finished with you yet. And maybe the doctors have said, it's all over. But God says, it's not over until I say it's over because he alone determines our days on this earth. And God says to you today, you're not in the it's all over stage You're just in the delay stage where he's developing your character for all eternity. And God will bring you through the delay stage to your destiny. But God says we have a part to play in the delay. Because if we don't play that part and cooperate with God's process to build our character, strengthen our faith, and prepare us for eternity, then we'll lose our joy. And just the opposite will happen. So I want us to look at what David did during his long night of delay. You see, David was an unknown shepherd boy when God told the prophet Samuel to go down to Bethlehem to the house of Jesse because I want you to anoint one of Jesse's sons to be the next king. And so all of Jesse's sons were lined up in front of the prophet and they were all tall and handsome, strong, and looked the part of a king. But God tells Samuel, I've rejected them. None of these are the one. And in 1 Samuel 16, it says, so he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. 
He was glowing with health and had had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. So David is anointed king by God in this unexpected and powerful ceremony. And then what does he do next? He goes back to the lowly job of tending the family's flock of sheep. Then he becomes King Saul's servant for a number of years. Then he spends years running from King Saul who because of jealousy is trying to kill him. So David is anointed king, but it's years before he gets to be king. He goes through this long delay. Why? Why does God allow delays in our life? Why does God allow us to be in the waiting room of life so many times? And how do we keep the delays from stealing our joy? Well, first, I want you to see that delays mature our character. Those delays develop our character if we let them. Look at what David did when he was a servant to King Saul in Psalm 27, or 1 Samuel 18. David acted with more wisdom than all the servants of Saul, so his name became very important. So David was doing a very unimportant job. He was being a servant to King Saul, and Saul had all these servants. He was doing a very unimportant job, and here he was going to be the next king. You see, he could have said to all the other servants, hey, I'm not gonna do this job. I'm not gonna clean the bathroom here because I've been anointed the next king, so you better be nice to me. You better let me do whatever I want because I'm gonna have so much power and I'll remember you. No, he didn't do that. He was doing a very unimportant job and yet he did it with all his heart. He worked hard, put himself under authority and he trusted God. And God raised him up to be very important. David was anointed to be the leader of the nation, but before he could be a great leader, he had to learn how to be a great follower. And he trusted that God would raise him up at the right time. So he waited by working hard, serving the king. He knew his time would come. That is, if he let God build his character to match his challenge. He needed to develop the maturity to match his great mission that God had called him to. And the problem today is everybody wants to lead, but nobody wants to learn how to follow. There are all these business books on how to be a great leader, but you don't see any on how to be a great follower. But until you learn to be a great follower and put yourself under authority, you'll never be good in authority. Until you learn to be a great follower, you'll never learn how to be a great leader. David submitted himself to learn how to be a great follower because he knew God would raise him up at the right time if he let God develop his character to match his calling. You see, we don't like to wait on God. We don't like to wait for God's time. We think our time is right now and Uh, We're gonna step up and we're gonna lead. We don't wanna follow anymore. We don't wanna do the menial jobs. We don't wanna be under authority. We wanna step up and we wanna lead because we can lead better than this person or that person and we don't like to wait for God's time. And I see a lot of young men and women today who don't follow authority. 
I see a lot of older men and women today who don't follow authority. They wanna lead, just do whatever they wanna do and they're impatient. Not trusting that God's timing is perfect. We don't like to wait for God's time, but David tells us from personal experience what happens when we're willing to wait upon the Lord. In Psalm 27, 14, he says, wait on the Lord, be courageous, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait on the Lord. Focus on that phrase, he will strengthen your heart. Now that's counterintuitive because when I'm waiting for something to happen in my life and it's not happening, I feel weak, I feel powerless to do anything about it. I feel powerless to change the situation. But David tells us he discovered the truth is just the opposite. When we trust God in the waiting, in our weakness, God will give us strength in our weakness. Our character will get stronger. Our faith will be strengthened. And right now, your heart may feel weak in the waiting, but it's not over yet. Just admit your weakness to God so he can strengthen your heart. Your heart may feel anxious right now, but it's not over yet. You bring your anxious heart to God, all those anxieties you pour out on God and give them to him so that he can develop peace in your heart, a peace the world cannot explain. And your heart may feel discouraged and broken, but it's not over yet. You bring your broken heart to God so he can develop joy in your life. You see, delays mature our character if we let them, if we wait on God, if we trust him. But I want you to also see that delays draw us close to God. When the delay brings us to desperation, that's when we run to God and we fall on our knees and that's when he draws close to us and provides for us and comforts us. David was being chased by Saul through the desert, this dry and barren place, but then God provided for him in the desert of delay. In 1 Samuel 23, it says, and David went up from there and lived in the strongholds of En Gedi. Chris and I have been to En Gedi in Israel, and it's an oasis in a dry and barren land. You see, there's just desert all around this little place in Gedi because there's a beautiful spring there and everything is lush and green. David has water and food for his men and animals. There are caves to hide away and rest in to protect him. Right in the middle of the desert of delay, God provided for him with everything he needed to make it through one day at a time. And that's a great picture of where God wants to guide us in the delays of life. If you find yourself in a dry, desolate place and it feels like there's nowhere to turn, let God give you your En God wants to give you your En Go to him every day and spend time in the nourishment of his word. Connect with God every day because God is your En Jesus is your joy in the desert of delay. And he won't let you down. He'll give you everything you need for that day, your daily bread to make it through. You go to God every day, 10, 15, 20 minutes. Do the video devotional and the devotional blogs that we have. Spend some time with God. Write down some things you're learning. Pray and ask God to meet your needs that day and wait in expectation for him to come through. In the middle of the desert of delay, he wants to fill you with his nourishment, nourishment and strength. He wants to give you what you need that day to make it through. He wants to give you your Engedi. And then you need to connect with other Christ followers. You need some people around you to encourage you. Did you know that David, when he went to the caves of Engedi, 
and he was finding that refreshment, it says that all these misfits from all over the country came to join him. And those misfits became mighty men as God developed their character. And these mighty men that followed David encouraged him. They lifted him up when he felt low. And men, you need some mighty men around you. Some mighty men that don't have it all together, but they're going the right direction. You can relate to them, and we all need each other so that we can become mighty men to encourage each other. And that's why you ought to be in men's Bible study. We started it Tuesday night at the Woodlands campus, Thursday night at Atascacita, and I teach the Bible study, and we just had a great time. We had buffalo wings and the Bible. It was awesome. And we had so much fun, and it was packed out, and so it's not too late. Come this Tuesday night at 7 p.m. I mean, you got to have some other guys around you that like to have fun and, and really encourage you and build you up when you're going through problems and difficulties and delays. We got all these life groups. You need to get in a life group. That's where life comes from, in that small group of people who you can relate to that encourage you. Women's Bible study, my wife Chris teaches women's Bible study every Thursday morning at 9.30 and it's an amazing group, packed house of ladies studying God's word, encouraging each other and I think it's Tuesday morning at Atascacita and you need to connect to others. You need to connect with God, he is your Engedi, and you connect with others and he works through them to bring your Engedi. In the wilderness of waiting, you need an oasis that fills you up. Now, most scholars believe David wrote this next psalm while he was in the caves of Engedi. In Psalm 91, it says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. What a beautiful place to be when life gets really ugly. In the Lord's presence, in the Lord's protection. And just because you're going through the desert of delay doesn't mean God has left you. He's still protecting you. If you'll go to him and connect with him, You'll find you're in Getty, and you will have everything you need one day at a time to make it through. I love what David says in Psalm 25:10. From now on, every road you travel will take you to God. When we're traveling through the wilderness of waiting, we don't know where the road leads, so we lose our joy. We don't know how long the road will last. We don't know what's coming around the next corner and we're filled with anxiety. But if you're a believer, you can know that whatever road you're on in the waiting, it's taking you closer to God. The the road you're on right now may be a bumpy one. It may be steep and rocky. It may be muddy and slippery and slow. It may be long and broken, but it's taking you closer to God that long and broken road that you're on that you don't know what is next, I can tell you where it's going. It's taking you closer to God. And God will never forsake you on the road. You won't walk the road alone, not for one single day. 
Delays mature our character. Delays draw us close to God. And delays can't keep us from choosing joy. There's no delay, no difficulty, no dead end that can keep you from choosing joy. CBS News recently did a segment on six-year-old Jaden Hayes, this little boy who chose joy. Just watch. Wow. Talk about a message to me, to you today. If that six-year-old has been through all the pain in six years that he's been through, can choose joy and then focus on bringing joy to others, man, that convicts me. You can choose joy. There is no delay, no difficulty, no dead end. They can keep you from choosing joy. When we get our eyes off ourselves onto God, the God of joy, we get our eyes off ourselves and onto others, then we receive joy. Look at Psalm 71, verse 20. You have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. You will restore me to even greater honor and comfort me once again. I will shout for joy and sing your praises, for you have ransomed me. David says, God, you allowed me to go through much hardship, and I don't like it. I don't understand it completely. But I know you're good, and I know you're God, and I'm not, so I'm going to trust you. And I know, God, no problem can nullify your promises in my life. You will fulfill my destiny. This delay is not my destiny. So I choose to shout in joy whether I feel it or not. I choose to get my eyes off myself and onto you so you can be my end gaddy. And I choose to get my eyes off myself and onto others so that I can be a bringer of joy to others. Weeping may last the night, but joy comes in the morning. And we can choose joy in the painful and broken world that we live in. This painful and broken world needs the joy of Jesus desperately. And when they see joy in your life that is unexplainable, they wanna know where you got that joy and it only comes from the Jesus of joy. And because of Jesus, we can have the bright morning of joy forever in our home in heaven. In Philippians 3.20 it says, but our homeland is in heaven. And we are waiting for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come from heaven by his power to rule all things. He will change our humble bodies and make them like his own glorious body. You see, every believer on this earth is in the waiting because this is not our home. We're just passing through. We're waiting for our true home. That's why No matter what happens in your life, no matter all the good things that happen in your life, there's always a little bit of dissatisfaction that is in our soul. There always feels like there's got to be a little bit more in our soul. And that's because there is. You were made for eternity. And if you're a Christ follower, he has made a way for you. And if you're not a Christ follower, he has made a way for you so that you can be with him in heaven forever because he came to this earth and died on a cross and shed his perfect sinless blood to pave a way for you to heaven, to give you a free ticket to heaven. But you have to stop trying to save yourself and receive it. It's a gift that he doesn't force on you. It's a gift that he gives you, this gift of joy this gift of joy that's available to you, of heaven one day. 
if you receive Christ into your life, when this life ends, it's not over yet. It's just the beginning because heaven is our home. We're just passing through here for a few years and God allows us to pass through this broken and sin-sick world. Why? To build our character, to develop our faith, to prepare us to rule and reign for all eternity, to prepare us for our destiny. Our true home is in heaven. It's not over yet. When your heart stops beating, you will live on forever. And Christ wants you to live with him forever in the ultimate Engadi, that perfect, most fulfilling place called heaven. On Tuesday, I turned on the Astros. I started watching the Astros in the bottom of the ninth with two outs and Jordan Alvarez up. I wasn't nervous at all. I just had this peace, maybe because I'd been studying God's word, but I just had this peace, and I just knew he was gonna hit that walk-off home run. I just knew it. It was not not even worried about it. I didn't even think much about it other than, hey, he's gonna hit this walk-off home run. I even said it. You know, I just said it to folks in my office. I said, Jordan is getting ready to hit one of the most historic home runs in Astros history. I just... I had that faith. I just knew it with all my heart. And there was one strike. He had fouled the ball off. But it didn't even bother me. And then the next pitch, boom, he hit it. I wasn't even surprised. Why? Because I was watching it on video. It had already happened. <laughs> That's why. I heard about it. And I go, man, I got to see that. It was a replay. That's why I wasn't nervous. Man, I would have been so anxious. I would have thought, this is over. That's what I would have thought. But I was watching it after it had happened. I knew how it ended. And by the way, if I'd have been at the game, I would have left early. So uh, <laughs> thank you, Mark, for believing. But I knew how it ended. That's why I wasn't nervous about it, anxious about it. That's why I knew he was going to come through, because I knew how it ended. And I'm telling you, if you're a Christ follower, you know, how, you know how it all ends. You've read the back of the book. We win in the end. We're the victors in the end. I don't care how many losses you've gone through right now. You may be behind 10 to nothing in the bottom of the night with two outs and two strikes. I'm telling you, you win in the end. It's a certainty. I know how it ends. So we can be at peace in the middle of the delays. We can have joy in the middle of the delays because we know how it ends. Our God has won the victory when he died on the cross and he rose again and defeated death and hell itself. And so we are on the winning team. We know that. We should have the confidence of that to go out and spread joy to this world that is desperately in need of joy. Do you believe that, Willens Church? Are you ready to be joy to this world? Let's stand together. And if you have never received the Jesus of joy, he offers you a free gift of heaven one day, forgiveness of all your sins and guilt today, and a purpose for living and joy that you can't get in any other way. Would you receive him today and come home to him? This is the day. This is your day. This is your moment. Now, don't delay receiving Christ.
The Bible says now is the time of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time. Now is the only time for salvation. There's no delay when it comes to salvation. You just receive it now, and this is your day. This is your time. This is your moment. And all you have to do is receive it. Just pray this prayer out loud. In fact, I want everyone who's a Christ follower here, whether you've been a Christ follower for 30 years and received Christ 30 years ago or three months ago, would you pray this out loud so that all those who are praying this for the first time receiving Christ will feel comfortable to pray it out loud to the Lord? So let's all pray this prayer out loud. Just repeat after me and just meet it in your heart. Dear Jesus Christ, I admit I need you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe that you rose again. And I ask you to come into my life. I don't deserve it. But I accept your free gift of heaven. And I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want to follow you from now on. Help me grow in my faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you keep your head bowed? And I just want to ask all those of you who prayed to receive Christ, would you just, well, no one's watching. Would you just put your hand up just to give you some, just some faith and assurance that you're, yeah, I see all those hands. Yeah, just keep lifting those hands up that you've, you've received Jesus. Just raise your hand up. Just raise your hand up. No one's watching. We're just cheering for you. Just raise your hands up and to the Lord, just a hand up to the Lord. Yeah, I see those hands. And, and Lord Jesus, I thank you for those who received you today. And I thank you that you'll never leave them or forsake them. And I thank you, Lord, that as they get connected to you, to the church, to encouragers, that you got just a great destiny for them and a home in heaven one day. And I pray for those, Lord, who are going through their deepest, darkest night of delay, and it feels like you've left them on this rocky and broken road. But Lord, I pray that you would just let them know today that it's not the end, it's just the in-between. And Lord, you're gonna bring them through this delay. You've got great things planned for them on this earth, and you've got the perfect place planned for them in heaven. Just give them encouragement today, Lord, and I pray that you would break through the delay and you'd come right into their life and be there in Getty and their peace to know that this delay is not their destiny. And you're gonna do something amazing in the waiting, you're preparing them. And the longer the wait, the greater the wave of blessing. And Lord, help us not leave before the blessing because we know that we win in the end, that you are our victor, You've already won the battle. You've won the war. You defeated death and sin and hell, and you've given us, Lord Jesus, all those blessings, everything we need to make it through. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Woodland Church, I praise God for you and what he's doing in our lives, and 
I know one of the things David always did is he sang in praise, he shouted in praise, even before he saw the victory that was coming. In faith, he sang. In fact, the Psalms, they're just songs. Those are the lyrics to songs that David and some others wrote. And so we're gonna sing to the Lord right now and maybe God hasn't come through for you yet. You're in the middle of delay. He's building your faith and strengthening your character. He's got you right where he wants you. You're not at the end. You're just in the in-between. And so what David would always do is he would sing in praise. He didn't wait for the miracle before he sang. He sang in faith before the miracle, and God blessed that. He didn't wait to live. He didn't wait to love. He didn't wait to bring joy. He sang. And so let's sing in joy because we have a firm foundation in Jesus Christ. And no matter what happens, the rain can fall, the storm can come, the rivers can rise, the tornado can hit, but we're going to stand strong because we're in a firm foundation, Jesus Christ. We have the anchor for our soul. So let's sing to him with all our heart. That firm foundation is the joy, Jesus Christ. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.